I think we need to keep reminding each other, he wants me more than he wants what I do. And he wants you more than he wants what you do. Welcome to Be One Make One, a discipleship podcast. This is a show where we share stories and tools to equip everyday followers of Jesus to make disciples. On every episode, I have a conversation with someone whose life reflects Jesus' command to go and make disciples. It's common among Christians to talk about the word abide, but often they don't know how to define that or even how to do it. Today, I sit with my friend Mike to talk about what abiding in Christ means to him. Well, something that I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I think I've heard a lot in church when I've been a part of Bible study groups, is that we need to abide in Christ. Yeah. And often that gets said a lot, but never really defined. <laughs> so I would just be curious for you, what, what does abiding mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think about it pretty simply, actually, Ethan. So... Uh, the word abide means to live in, and that's a verb. Right. The noun form of the verb abide is abode. That's a home. Okay. So when Jesus says abide in me, I think what he's saying is make me your home. Hmm. When he says abide in my love, I think he's saying make my love your home. When he says abide in my words, make my word my words, your home. Hmm. Be at home in his word. Okay. And in his love and in him. Wow, I really like that. What does it look like then to make to make Christ your home or his words your home? Yeah. How do you know if you've done that? <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it's something that you do and then it's done. Okay. Uh, I, I'm thinking of another verse right now. I think it's John seven thirty seven. Mm-hmm. And it says that now in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus is addressing there, of course, he's at this feast and he stands up and he says to all these people, if you thirst, drink from me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same picture. Where do we go to have our deepest needs met? Where do we find our meaning? And where do we find love? And in our culture today, I mean, just you can list the places, you know, in your career, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your, the, how perfect your family is or how much money you have or how many degrees you have or on some of the darker sides, porn or, you know, drugs. Where do you go for life? Right. Um, Jesus says, come to me. I, I can quench your thirsts. And make me the place you go. What happens in your home, Ethan? That's where you're comfortable. That's where you're safe. That's where you're you. And that's what he wants. You come to me. Be comfortable in me. Be safe in me. Be protected in me. Be at home in me. Make me the place you go to for comfort and refuge. Don't go there or there or there or there. Come to me. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. I really like that. And that, that reminds me of um, Jeremiah 2.13. Mm. You know, my people have committed two evils. Yeah. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that hold no water. I think when I was, when I became a Christian, I really believed, okay, Jesus has saved me. 
Um, yeah. But he's still maybe not like this, maybe still disappointed in me sometimes. Mm. Maybe mm. he's not. Um, yeah, maybe I'm still sinning. And he's like, well, I already saved you, so I can't go back on my word because I'm faithful. So I guess I'm stuck with you. <laughs> but I think that passage, I think, helped me reframe it where, okay, Jesus did save me, but am I actually going to him yeah, to yeah. receive those things? Or am I still going to these broken cisterns that ultimately can't give me what I want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. And that's why it's not a once and done thing. Right. You know, to abide in him, to make him my home to make him my place of refuge today. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I did yesterday, but what choices do I have today? Yeah. You know, I mentioned to you earlier, I, I had a, uh, an interaction with someone today where I, I didn't, you know, I, I'm not proud of how I treated them. Hmm. Well, where do I go with that? Right. You know, of course I go to them and ask forgiveness, do it, make it right there, but also do I beat myself up? You know, do I, how do I anesthetize that? that pain Hmm. well what i do because i follow christ is i go to him say jesus i'm hurting because of what i did and then he takes me and he meets my deepest needs so i don't have to look outside of him Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's great um something that i also think about a lot and a trap that i can find myself in quite a quite often is i think abiding is me doing x y and z if i can almost like a little checklist if i can make sure and get in the word every day and pray and you know keep that keep doing that 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 equals abiding yeah um and so then i think i've i've experienced almost some fatigue in that well like is this enough <laughs> am i abiding enough when do i know that i've done enough and it's about yeah it's, so i think i struggle with how much of abiding is actually my responsibility versus God's responsibility. Yeah. So I don't know if you have thoughts about that. It takes me to, and I just keep thinking of different passages. I hope that's okay. Yeah, totally. But John seventeen three, Jesus is praying. Let me read it to you here. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life, Jesus says, is equal to knowing God and to knowing him. Uh the word know there, without getting into too many details, is the Greek word gnosko, and that means relationship. Hmm. This is eternal life, to have a relationship with you, Father, and a relationship with me. And that helps me that it's not a do list. The Christian life is not a do list. It's a relationship. Hmm. There are things I do, but they're to cultivate a relationship. It makes me think of... Uh, I remember years ago, someone who I was actually discipling, helping grow as a follower of Christ, told me that they were feeling a lot of pressure. Hmm. And they had been around some friends of mine, and one of my friends, Bob, was a a master of Bible study. And he liked to say, if you're not studying the Bible, you're not really growing in your relationship with God. Hmm. Had another friend who was a scripture memory whiz. (laughs) <laughs> and was always quoting verses, always talking, and would was fond of saying, you know, Scripture memory is the key to a vital relationship with God and growing as his follower. Right. I happen to be a quiet time guy. And if you're not, you know, spending quality time with Jesus every day, listening to his voice and 
you know, uh, being with him, it's not going to happen for you. And what happened is this particular friend, and then it turned out it was true with the whole group of people that I was working with, felt the pressure to be the best at everything. Hmm. And that helped. The penny kind of dropped for me is that all of these things are just tools right. to help you develop your relationship with him. And my friend Larry, scripture memory really helped him go deep with Christ. My friend Bob, Bible study helped him go deep. Me, quiet time. But that doesn't mean that we all have to excel in all of those all the time. Sure. That's too much pressure. Yeah. That is not what the Lord is looking for. In fact, you could master all those, probably, and not really be knowing him or walking with him, and that would be a waste. So you mentioned in there, like, that's not what God's looking for, is yeah. all those things. So what is he looking for? Ooh, that's a good question. We, you know, in Genesis 3, the very start of our story, the enemy shows up, the deceiver, the serpent, and with him comes lies, confusion, manipulation, and then sin hmm. and pain. Yep. And then the Lord shows up and you get the idea that it was his habit to do this. Uh, um, he, and for the first time, he, Adam and Eve just weren't there. He had to look for them. They right. were hiding. And... I love his question. He says, where are you? And you know what he wants? He's looking, he was looking for Adam. Mm -hmm. He says, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. It's interesting too, Ethan, because right then Adam said, you know, uh, I was afraid. And with his fear was attached shame. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, we won't talk about the whole story there. You know it. But to answer your question, what is he looking for? He's looking for us. Hmm. Not for what we do, not for what we can produce or contribute. He says, where are you? Yeah. Not just where's, where's the fruit? Does he want fruit from us? Yes. Where, where's your work? Where's, where's your productivity? No. Where, where are you? Hmm. And I, I think we need to keep reminding each other, he wants me more than he wants what I do. Yeah. And he wants you more than he wants what you do. Yeah, really, I think that's that's such a good word. I think I've initially in my discipleship um, journey, I think I've always wanted to start with things to do, mm. like this is what it is, um, versus I think I've just learned over the years that it's really about can I just help this person meet with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And can they just... Like you, like you were saying earlier, receive those deep things from him. Yeah. Can they hear from him? Yeah. Um, and then once, once that is happening, it's almost like you don't even have to train that person how to share their faith or how right. to share a verse with someone. You give them some tools like, oh, if you want to sh share the gospel, here's this way illustration you can use. But yeah. it's, it's not nearly as um, works-based, but more like, man, they're being transformed. And they want to do. They want to see it happen in others. Yeah. And then it's that's when it's really exciting. And you don't have to manufacture it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, I think that's been a big piece of my story too. Um, I'm also curious um, with disciple making and abiding and doing all of that. How do we keep from burning out on it? You know what I mean. How do we maintain a balance or a rhythm of it? 
of making disciples. Of abiding. Of abiding. He's gentle with us. And uh, I, I have a specific memory for me of uh, sitting down one morning with my Bible and my journal and my cup of coffee, which is my habit. I have all of those things. And then I say to the Lord, I say, well, Lord, would you speak to me? And I don't very often have like a, a palpable sense of him speaking. But then he, he did speak to me. And I think he said, do we have to talk? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And I, 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 I sensed him inviting me to just be with him. And the verse that came to my mind was Psalm 1611, which says, in his presence is fullness of joy, or in your presence mm-hmm. is fullness of joy. And I, I just had this sense then, and I've, I've thought about it a lot since, so maybe I'm not remembering everything clearly, that it was okay to just be with him, mm. to just be. And I had a sense, we've talked a lot, he's talked a lot, is it okay just to sit? Yeah. And that kind of entered me into a new, or helped me enter a new chapter of my relationship with him. And so sometimes now, I say, Lord, I'm here. Of course, you're here. I just want to sit with you now. Skip Gray once said, I was talking to him, I was a student, and he spoke at a conference. And I said to him, I said, Skip, I, I, I miss my quiet time sometime, and I feel bad about it. And he said, well, Mike, don't, don't feel bad about it. He says, remember, there's a difference between the weather and the climate. And the weather is what's happening right now. So every once in a while, I have a dry day. Okay. Well, there's tomorrow. (laughs) So now if you have a dry day and a dry day and a dry day and a dry day, that becomes climate. Right. So he said, be concerned about the climate, not about the weather. And that took the pressure off for me. I've never forgotten it. I can still hear him say, Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Isn't that great? That is great. Yeah, thank you, Skip Gray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> I A verse came to mind as you were sharing, and it's uh, Psalm 27.4. Mm. One thing that I seek after, um, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but then he says at the end, he's like, just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Yeah. And how that, I think for me also, kind of um, gave me the freedom to just be with God in his presence. Yeah and not have to accomplish anything per se in that time. Um, another guy that I um, listen to says that his name is Pete Gregg. He talks about what if our time with the Lord every day wasn't so much a, uh, like we, what if we didn't just reserve that time to, that's what I'm going to read, that's what I'm going to pray, but we just had that time to be with him. That way in real time we can pray for people with people, yeah. read in real time, and not and like use that time as a place of rest mm. versus yeah, as a place to accomplish something or that's my spiritual work. And that to me was also kind of paradigm shifting Yeah, to where I'm like, oh yeah, I can actually pray for people whenever I'm talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have to be I like, like oh, I'll, I'll pray for you whenever I'll pray for you, you know, and then yeah. either don't, either I don't or I wait till, you know, my quiet time the next day. But yeah. Uh, but when a friend calls me and they're like, hey, this is going on, I'm like, what can I pray right now? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have the Holy Spirit there with me in that moment. So, And Ethan, I yeah. think you're just now describing an abiding relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop and start. It doesn't have a beginning and an end. It just goes with you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. 
something else that I think is important to talk about when I think about abiding is how do we actually do it? <laughs> you know, what does it actually practically look like to abide? Um, so I would just love to hear any tools that have been helpful for you that help you um, abide in the Lord. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, honestly, it's spending time with him every day. So I became a believer my senior year of high school. I actually was reading in the Bible, read Matthew 6:33, where Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. I got down on my knees and said, Jesus, I want to seek you first. I didn't know very much, but I gave me to him then. Hmm. And he took me. I figured out the details of the gospel as time went on. No one showed me a nice little illustration. <laughs> I was just aware of Jesus saying, seek me and me saying, I'm going to. I ended up meeting some people that were following Christ, and no one was actually coaching me or helping me, but I heard them talk about having quiet times. So I thought I would give it a try. And I went once, and I sat very, very quietly. And I was waiting for something to happen because people seemed to love these things, and nothing happened. <laughs> and so I decided that it didn't work for me. So you would just sit some, like in your room and just sit, sit quietly. There? <laughs> I'm going to have a quiet time, and I'd sit very quiet, but nothing happened. And so, and I only did it once because I just thought once was enough, but it didn't happen. A few, maybe a month later, I tried again. I actually thought maybe you need to light a candle and go, hmm. <laughs> and which I did. I, I even like put my fingers in the lotus position, actually. I didn't, you know, I was oh, all confused. <laughs> and so I decided that having quiet times didn't work. Fast forward, I'm a freshman now, several months later at Illinois State University, I met a believer on my floor named Dick, who introduced me to Larry. Turns out Dick had been following Christ for six weeks. And Larry was with Dick when he became a believer. And their friend was Barry, so Barry was discipling Larry and Dick. And they met me and kind of brought me into their little cohort. Mm -hmm. They introduced me to an ortho you know, through them, I met another guy named Carrie. And Carrie said to me, Mike, would you like to have a quiet time tomorrow? And I thought, and what I heard him say is, would you like to go be quiet tomorrow? Because <laughs> that's what a quiet time was. And I right. thought, this is odd. But yes, I'll go be quiet with you. Maybe you have to do it with someone. Be, be quiet with someone else. Mm -hmm. And then he said, that's great. Larry's going to come too. I thought, this is not going to work because Larry was very funny and he made me laugh and I couldn't, I thought I'm not going to be able to be quiet with Larry there. Yeah. Um, but they came by and I'm still thinking that me and these two guys are going to go be quiet together. And he knocks on the door and says, Mike, uh, you know, are you ready? And yes, I was ready. And then he says, where's your Bible? And honestly, Ethan, it hadn't crossed my mind that the Bible had anything to do with this. Okay. I went back into my room telling me off, telling myself off, you dumkoff, I said, how come you didn't figure out the Bible has something to do with this? <laughs> and I grabbed my Bible and the three of us walked down to the basement of the Lincoln Center. And uh, I can remember when Carrie said, let's pray. And I don't know if he prayed or Larry prayed, but one of them just talked to God. And I'm sure I'd heard it before, but actually they just used normal words. 
And I thought if you're going to talk to God, you better practice and use spiritual words. Sure. And they hmm. just talked to him. Hmm. And then Carrie said, let's read this passage. And we read it. Was maybe it had seven verses, maybe nine. I don't know, maybe 11. And then Carrie or Larry said, well, let's all pick. Uh, we processed a bit. What, what are you thinking about as you read it? Then said, let's pick one verse to carry with us for the day. And Larry picked a verse and Carrie picked a verse and I picked a different one. We all had our own. They said, let's all pick one thing we'll do today because of what we read. And Carrie shared what he was going to do. Larry shared what he would do. And I shared what I could do. And I was conscious in the back of my mind that I wasn't borrowing from anybody else. Hmm. That God had talked to me. That I had a verse and that I had something he wanted me to do. Hmm. And it was simple and it was that day. And then he said, well, let's pray. And I don't know if we all prayed or one of us prayed. It wasn't very long. Someone prayed. The whole thing lasted 20 minutes. And then we went upstairs to breakfast. And I can remember walking behind Carrie and Larry. And I'm pretty sure they walked up the stairs. And I'm pretty sure I floated. I had just met with the living God. Hmm. And I didn't know how to do that. Hmm. These men showed me how to open the Bible, to read it, and to listen for the voice of God. And then ask yourself, Lord, what do you want me to do because of what I've read? And honestly, I've been addicted ever since to opening the Bible. And I do it in the mornings. I have a son who does it at night. I think pick the best time for you, but for me, it's in the early mornings. And I say, Lord, here I am. And I look in his word and often he speaks to me. Sometimes he says, let's just sit together. (laughs) But often he has something to say to me, and my soul says to him, yes, Lord, yes. So what helps me abide in him is to daily go to him and not just be quiet. (laughs) I'll just sit there in silence. It's it's developing relationship with him, and I hear him tell me his love and rebuke me and give me direction and warn me and caution me and hold me and push me and pull me back, (laughs) and I'm grateful for all of it. B1 Make One is a production of The Navigators in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, podcast.navigators.org. Elise Stone is our editor. Our sound engineer is Caleb Zier. Adabel Artiga is our creative director. Our producer is Austin Dafco. And I'm your host and producer, Ethan Hasso.